afternoon, everybody. We are back here for a special episode of Beyond the Whistle. It's going to be our draft recap episode. We streamed the entire first round, every single pick. Even though it took us four and a half hours, we braved through it, and it ended up until midnight, but we had a lot of fun on that stream. I'm Dylan Pescatore, along with Austin Platt, Ian Nicholas, and Cortland Parrott, and we're here to talk all NFL draft. Let's start with the team that everyone's been talking about, the Green Bay Packers, picking a quarterback in the first round when they have Aaron Rodgers on their roster. Austin, explain this to me. Well, I think this for this front office, for this Packers team, I think this is actually to protect the future of their head coach. We've known for years and years this offense has all been about one guy, Aaron Rodgers, future Hall of Famer. And Mike McCarthy and Rodgers have always had a great relationship with this West Coast offense. Obviously, they won Super Bowl 45 against the Steelers. And we knew right when they fired McCarthy, whoever they would hire, they would have to establish their relationship with Rodgers right away. I'm not going to say Matt LaFleur didn't do that in year one, but I felt like even though they won 13 games last and won the NFC North against a tough division, a semi-tough division with the Vikings in it, it felt like no one gave them a chance to get to the Super Bowl with that loaded NFC. Obviously, you had the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the team I'm forgetting, the Saints, obviously, went out in the first round. But I felt like no one gave them a shot. And many ha- had them losing to the Seahawks in the divisional round. So he's, they still had a great year last year. But it wasn't as great. Uh, Rodgers was his stats were were good last year, not as good as previous years. But I think that if something goes wrong with Lafleur and Rodgers, this is just to make sure that Lafleur will maintain his job and that Rodgers could go somewhere else. I made that very bold statement on draft night, and I said that by you know the middle of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something something we don't expect, i.e., Rodgers gets traded or we see a sub and we. We see love get in there because I really think that Rodgers is he's kind of on the decline a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised that they would protect their head coach and maybe give Love a shot, a guy who many thought would go to the Patriots. But, hey, they traded up for him, so there's something they must like about him. So even though, you know, Favre and Rodgers, obviously Rodgers sat those couple of years and Favre had a great career. He's, gonna, he's in the Hall of Fame and so will Rodgers. I think this could be a little something that a little more off the field than on the field. I mean, Iron Rodgers has four more years on his deal. Now they draft the quarterback. Ian, what did you make of this pick from Green Bay? Well, GMs usually have to do two things right, and they get to keep their job. Stick to the board, and if you like a quarterback, you take a quarterback. It's the most valuable position in American sports. But Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the Packers, well, too many people know him now and his name because he made a very interesting decision here. Talking about Jordan Love specifically, he's very raw. He had a bad year at Utah State. He threw 17 interceptions. That was the most in the conference. But he threw 32 touchdowns to just six picks the year before with a ton of pro talent. There's no denying he's a great player. You know, he does have the talent. He's very raw. He has a great arm. We've seen those crazy Patrick Mahomes comparisons. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's nowhere close to it, but he does have talent. He may be like Drew Locke last year who got those crazy comparisons, and he actually kind of panned out for Denver. So what does this mean for Green Bay, and what does it mean for Aaron Rodgers' relationship? We don't really know right now. It's all speculation. We know he's angry. We know he wasn't informed that they were going to draft a quarterback or they were thinking of it, so that's why he was blindsided. He wished he knew more, and LaFleur and Gutekunst did not keep him in the loop. Look, I think love could work, but as, uh, as Austin mentioned, he's going to be sitting for a long time unless Rodgers gets out of there. So maybe three years, maybe four years. You know, Aaron Rodgers sat three years behind Brett Favre. So we're not going to be seeing Jordan Love outside of preseason action pending Rodgers' health for a long time. But the last thing I want to touch on before we get to Cortland's opinion on this, 27 receivers were drafted this year. 
in a historic draft class. Can the average NFL fan name Green Bay's number two receiver? No. It's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's not very who? good right now. So <laughs> who? Exactly. You needed to draft a receiver. You still had uh, Dylan's favorite man, Michael Pittman. You still had T. Higgins on the board. You could have even traded back a few picks and gotten one of those guys. Instead, you traded up, and you got a quarterback who's very raw, and who knows what's going to happen with him. I mean, Green Bay, they were a game away from the Super Bowl, and they exactly. go for a position that they already have a superstar and a Hall of Famer at. Cortland, let, let us know your opinion. Uh, I'm not even going to touch on Jordan Love just because, you know, I had nothing against the guy. He is pretty good. I mean, this year we saw it in the draft class where the top three quarterbacks were good, and then there was a considerable drop-off. Um, but I'm going to focus on the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers needs to get out of town. Think about it. They had Jordy Nelson back in 2016. They won the divisional playoffs. They lost in the conference championships to the Falcons. They were good back then. When Rodgers has weapons, back when he won the MVP, they had 12 wins. The year after that, 10. The year um, after that, they had another 10 wins. But if you give him weapons, Rodgers will hit them. The I believe I saw somewhere that the Packers haven't chose a skilled position player in the last in the first round in the last five or so years. How can you win if you don't have skilled players? Like Ian said, you can't even like no one can name the second person in the on the Rodgers receiver depth chart but Ian an NFL nut so Rodgers <laughs> just know. needs to leave like if the Packers don't win like the, if the organization doesn't want to win and Rodgers does why does he, why should he be there you had plenty of options like uh, Ian said T Higgins which I'll talk about a little later that would be perfect for Rodgers and perfect for his playing style but yet they just didn't pick up so in my opinion, Rodgers needs to get out. Um, we'll talk about it in a second, but something that Ian said that really stuck to me is Rodgers had no idea. We're going to talk about, not to give any spoilers, but we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts in a second. Carson Wentz knew that draft pick. Aaron Rodgers did not. That shows mm -hmm. that the Green Bay Packers organization doesn't really trust and like know Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I mean, it's an interesting situation. You know, Jordan Love, we heard how raw he is, how he threw 17 interceptions last year. But he had a new offensive coordinator coming in, and he played with nine new starters that year in his mm. senior senior season, that is. And four more years on Aaron Rodgers' deal, deal. Let me read you off some stats here. 16 touchdowns and only four interceptions for Rodgers last year in the regular season. And they went 13-3. and three. Yes, did they get killed by the 49ers twice, one in the regular season when they were down, what, 27 and a half on Monday Night Football? And then they got killed in that NFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. No one really gave the Packers a shot in the playoffs. They barely beat Seattle in that division round matchup. So maybe the Packers organization is looking to the future, but they shouldn't because Aaron Rodgers is a win-now quarterback. They have, what, a two-, three-year window until either he's gone or they win a championship. So they mm -hmm. should have built for now, and for now would have been a wide receiver, as you said, Higgins, Pittman, or even Denzel Mims, who the Jets picked up. There were so many options out there. Green Bay didn't get it done. And now they got issues over there in that organization. Mm. Another organization that uh, had some issues, but they won a Super Bowl in the uh, recent past is the Philadelphia Eagles. Cortland, you touched on it. We're going to touch on that Jalen Hurts pick in the second round for Philly. Ian, what did you think of the pick of Jalen Hurts? 
Well, I wouldn't say I loved it for Philadelphia. Even though as a Giants fan, I'm happy that they drafted a player that will not be seeing the field much or they don't want seeing the field much very soon unless it's an emergency situation. But there's no denying Carson Wentz has injury problems. He missed eight games his senior year at North Dakota State. Uh, he missed their playoff run and Super Bowl run in 2017. He blew out his ACL, had back fractures, missed five games in 2018. And even though it's a freak injury last year, he got knocked out of a playoff game against Seattle with uh, a concussion on that nasty blow from Jadeveon Clowney. This isn't his fault. He can't control if he gets hurt or not, you know, talking about two on injuries. But look, you need an insurance policy. As much as I love Josh McCown, uh, Josh McCown, recently off the streets, retired, is not the guy you want to chuck in in a playoff matchup, period. Jalen Hurts is athletic. He's got a nice arm. We've heard the Dak, Dak Prescott comparisons quite often, and maybe he won't help them win. I get why Eagles fans are outraged about this. But if Carson Wentz goes down in the middle of the season, Jalen Hurts is a guy I want on the field. The man also has rushing value, which means you could use him in a Taysom Hill athletic role. 1,300 rushing yards, 20 rushing touchdowns last year at Oklahoma, a three-year starter at Bama in Oklahoma. He's more experienced than you think. He's more ready to play now than you would think, and I'd rather have him on my team. They got him a receiver, unlike Green Bay, Jalen Rager in the first round, so they got him a weapon. So replacing him with or adding some backup insurance doesn't seem too bad now that they did get him a weapon in the first round. You know, I thought this reaction from Eagles fans was a little bit overstated. You know, they got their wide receiver, the position of need, I mean, they were picking up guys off the streets at the end of the season going into playoffs for that wide receiver spot, and now they got Rager, and then they pick Hurts in that second round. I felt that they had some other needs that they should have covered. Cortland, what do you think of this pick? I loved it, personally. Um, like Ian said, Jalen Hurts is an athlete, first off, and people kind of underestimate his arm. He's a strong guy. You can see him highlights from Oklahoma of him rolling out in the pocket on the run and hitting guys like C.D. Lamb down the field for really big gains on the move, which is not, you know, not that hard, uh, easy to do. But if he develops his talent of sitting in the pocket just a little and a little bit of accuracy, he could be very good in the NFL. And I think sitting behind a guy like Carson Wentz, who we like to see him run the balls, but he's injury prone, so it could get him. And Doug Peterson's a magician on offense, so I think if he has to go in there, Doug Peterson will find a way to use him. And like uh, Ian said, Tyson Hill, great athlete. He was a quarterback. He fills in here and there. They could run a wildcat, anything with uh, Jalen Hurts, so I love this pick. Philly fans are a little known to uh, go over the top, so I think they overreacted on this one. I mean, I agree. I think that's a great point that you picked up, that Jalen Hurts can be used in all aspects of the offense, gives Doug Peterson a little bit more options in that playbook. Austin, what do you think of the pick by Philadelphia? I think it makes a lot more sense than the Green Bay one. I think given what you know Tua did in that 2018 National Championship game, everyone kind of just forgot about Jalen Hurts a little bit. He's been overshadowed by other great recent Oklahoma quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, both. Heisman Trophy. He can use his legs, as you guys mentioned, and the Eagles really haven't had a mobile quarterback since Mike Vick, and we know what he did, tear up all the defenses and tear everyone's hair apart if you are the defensive coordinator, and he's been in those big games, obviously had that terrible first half in that national championship game, and they had to go navigate a tough Big 12 
this year. I mean, it, it's not usual that the Big 12 is deep, but they had to beat Baylor twice in those two tough games. That regular season game was tough, as well as that Big 12 championship game. And although they got smacked to LSU, he's definitely the guy. He has the experience. He's been through different teams, different play styles. I definitely think with Doug Peterson, what he can do, even though you're playing behind a guy in Carson Wentz, who I think – who still has a high ceiling, I think, even with his injuries. It's a it's a good move. You'll definitely you can see some teaching in there. And when he gets and when Jalen Hurts has to be on that field, he's gonna be a guy who many people are gonna have to watch. As a Giants fan, I'm looking right now and not towards the future because it could get a little hairy. One thing <laughs> I, I want to touch on uh, before we move on is after I believe it was the first Baylor game, Jalen Hurts had three fumbles. Immediately after he posted a video to his Instagram of him working out in the uh, training room with a uh, coach pounding his arm while he was holding a football. This kid is ready to work, and I think whatever the Eagles need him to do, he'll put his head down and work. I don't have an issue with the pick. I just think that they had other needs. Malcolm Jenkins, one of their veteran safeties for many years, I mean, he made so many good plays on that defense. He left. He's now a New Orleans Saint. A name that came up to me immediately was Xavier McKinney, the guy who went to the Giants. He could have filled that need in. And as we said on the draft stream, when one position goes out, another position player has to go in at that position. And they needed a safety there. They picked one up later in the draft. But I think it was just like it wasn't a pick for need. They didn't need that Jalen Hurts type player in that second round. And really, I think they could have waited to round three. It was the end of the second round. They had another pick coming up shortly. And I think it was a little bit of a reach because I think they need more defensive needs, especially in that tough NFC's division with Dak and then two quarterbacks coming up in Daniel Jones and uh, Haskins for the Redskins. Ian? I just want to mention very quickly, because I know both of you guys mentioned Doug Peterson, great coach, and then we also mentioned Taysom Hill as a gadget player. Uh, there are reports coming out that the Eagles want to use Hurts as, quote, Taysom Hill on steroids. And we know that NFL offenses win with versatility. You have to have a lot of mismatch nightmares. This is another guy they can use day one, even though he's not starting a quarterback, and do that. And also, Cortland mentioned this guy's a grinder. Jalen Hurts' first tweet to respond to criticism, it's time to grind. This guy's going to come in, starting or not, he's going to make your football team as an organization better. And then one more thing I wanted to touch on is that Philadelphia fans were calling for more wide receivers after even the Rager pick, and they picked up Marquise Goodwin. It's mm -hmm. a great wide receiver to pick up in trade from the 49ers. He needed to get out of there, and he came to Philly. Now they have a really good wide receiver core. They have Deshaun Jackson who can still make highlight real plays. They have Rager. They have uh, Jordan Matthews, I'm pretty sure, is still on that roster. And now they have uh, Jalen Hurts to play with as well. So I think Philly's in a great position in the NFC East, especially one that was derived of offense last year. And really, I didn't really think anyone really wanted that division when it came to 15, 16, 17 in those weeks. It seemed like each team was losing to not get it. Philly did end up with it, though. And now we're going to move back to that quarterback spot that everyone's been talking about. It was pick five and six in the draft. Miami and L.A., they went both with quarterbacks with signal callers. It was Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Herbert. So we picked a uh, one of the two. We're going to pick who has the better NFL career. Ian, you wanted to start us off. I'm going to go with a cop-out answer. I think Justin Herbert is going to have the better beginning, like maybe two, three years of beginning of the career. But throughout the entire career, it's definitely got to be Tua pending the injuries. Justin Herbert's got too many weapons not to be a decent quarterback, even though I'm not his biggest fan. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin uh, Eckler, they got weapons there. But, you know, Miami, Dylan, you're their biggest fan, even though you're a Jets fan. They're building something down there in South Beach. They need to get him more weapons. They gave him a ton of alignment in the draft. 
But Tua is just too talented, too good, too much of a winner not to have a better career than Justin Herbert. I'm just not a big Herbert fan. I mean, it's an interesting answer because Chargers do have a lot of weapons, but they were talking about starting Tyrod Taylor before the draft. We'll see if they start Justin Herbert week one mm -hmm. or they even sit him down, maybe even the whole year. Austin, mm -hmm. what was your pick in this question? I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. You know, we've mentioned two of the injuries. I don't need to dwell on that anymore. But I really think with the guys and pass rushers that, that is in that tough division, you could really see him or you could really see them get beat up uh, to a cannon. Herbert as well, playing in another tough division, AFC West. I always think that he's going to go in there from day one. I mean, as much as the Chargers want to say, oh, you know, Tyrod Taylor, we trust him or whatnot. He's not going to be that guy in that division. If they want to win now with now that extra team that goes to the playoffs, they have all the guys around him defensively, Bosa and James. And you have Keenan Al, obviously still another guy who's yet older but can still make some nice plays for you. He has the talent, and he has the talent around him. I think the right now the Chargers are a little bit better than the Dolphins. I think going forward the Dolphins will end up being the better team in five, six years. But I think since – uh, Herbert should start uh, day one and week one. If Hopefully if there is a season this year in the NFL and it starts on time, I really think that he will have the better career since he will play longer and doesn't have that injury factor. And he also has the better build than Tua. And quickly, Austin, give me a yes or no. Do you think it's the right move to start Herbert week one? 100%, yes. All right, Cortland, let's go over to you. Tua or Justin Herbert, better NFL I career? I think Herbert's going to come out on top on this one. He has the size, and of course, you know, he's not that injury prone. Herbert's 6'6", about 230, so he's a big quarterback that can, you know, see the field. He had a 67% completion rate at Oregon on his last year. This guy can fit the pass, uh, fit the ball through tight windows, completing lots of his passes. And we have talked about it before. The Chargers have weapons on their roster. They just needed a quarterback. And I think Justin Herbert dealing with these weapons will be great. Tua, I'm a little concerned with the injuries. I mean, everyone's like, oh, he's fine now. But if you think about it, a hip is a big deal, especially in football, because hit if you're not tackled, you get hit. You might land on it, re-aggravate the injury, and just continue getting hurt. So that is a concern. And also one thing that, you know, maybe eh, is he's a lefty. You may not think, oh, he's just a lefty. But that flips the tackles around. That flips the guards around. And then for the wide receivers, they're not used to that kind of trajectory off a of lefty. So that'll be something to watch with early getting, you know, chemistry with his receivers. But we'll see. There's a lot of aspects to this question, Ian. You want to keep going on that? Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to go back a little bit to when you start Justin Herbert. Because I think one of the things that people are talking about with young quarterbacks nowadays when do you start them? Because always we hear from former quarterbacks, it's so easy to ruin a quarterback's career by throwing him into the fire. We see it so many times, flash in the pan guys who aren't ready, and then their careers go to smithereens. Josh Rosen, does anyone remember him? No. Who knows where his NFL career is going to go now? It was not his time. Dwayne Haskins, very talented guy. Horrible situation last year in Washington. They chuck him into the fire. Who knows how much longer he's going to be there. So if Justin Herbert, Tyrod Taylor is a solid starter. He's He was once a pro bowler. Is he a great quarterback? No. But just to put him in with a competitive team, you can still win some games. And, you know, we saw with Drew Locke last year. You sit him a good chunk of the year, you play him a little bit towards the end of the year, see what he's got. Patrick Mahomes started one game. And I know the Patrick Mahomes model might not be a real thing, 
give Justin Herbert some time. One of his biggest concerns coming out of college was he doesn't see the field well, and when something's not wide, wide open, he doesn't know how to react. You don't just learn that in an offseason, especially in a corona offseason where there's not live reps. So I'd give him some time, at least half the season. I do not want to see his career ruined because I like him. I just don't love him. There's a lot of aspects to this question. You know, Herbert and Rosen, two quarterbacks that you brought up, they bring a concern to me because they're from the Pac-12. Who remembers mm. the last good Pac-12 quarterback in the NFL? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. It was about mm. two years ago, I believe. So yeah. anyone from the Pac-12 now, they really haven't panned out. And two is from a tough SEC school, Alabama. Everyone's gunning for them. They're playing LSU. They're playing tough teams, Ole Miss. It's always tough in the yes, SEC. Well, the past year he was hurt when they were playing some of those teams. So right, but he has a three-year career yeah. over a few other quarterbacks that have shorter careers. But two, I feel, is my pick. You know, I talked about a lot on the stream. Yes, he's a lefty. Yes, he has some injury issues. But I think they're a little bit overstated. Plus, a big thing for me is you talked about Herbert sitting for half a year. I think Tua should sit the whole year, and I think Brian Flores mm -hmm. agrees with me. Because, yes, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, you know, you're not really going to get much with him. Maybe a few two, three weeks of a hot streak with him. Remember him with the bike box. I remember he had Deshaun Jackson's jacket on after throwing mm -hmm. what seemed like 500 yards in uh, two games or so. But I think he should sit for a full year. Miami's still an upcoming team, as we said. They're building a, a system over there. I think two is going to have the better NFL career, though. NF, uh, a lot of young players on Miami, Devontae Parker, and a lot of big players in that back end in the secondary. I think they're going to have a better team in five, six years, and two is going to be leading that franchise. Anyways, let's go to the next uh, system. And, you know, I agreed with only me, and you guys took Herbert. So three to one, I lost that debate anyway. But let's go to the steal of the draft. One player that stood out to you that maybe a team, maybe they fell to him, or maybe you think he's going to have a better career than most people think he will. Cortland, start us off with this one. I think I'm going to go into the beginning of the second round. T. Higgins picked up by the Bengals. We, everyone was talking about, oh, Joe Burrow's going to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. T. Higgins kind of flew under the radar after the draft. I mean, he's – a big guy. He's 6'3". He's 220 pounds. You have A.J. Green for the Bengals. Now you're just giving Joe Burrow another person to throw to. Unleash that arm. We talked about Joe Burrow's arm, his accuracy, the yards he got. You're just giving him another weapon. I think the Bengals have swapped him up beginning the second round. I'm surprised he actually fell that um, far. I kind of rank him above some of the other players that were drafted, some of the other wide receivers. But I think Joe Burrow and T. Higgins are going to have a great year together. It's an interesting situation. Ian, let's go to you. Steal the draft. I'm going to go with one of the more obvious choices, not T. Higgins, but Patrick Queen, another new AFC North member for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I was watching something on social media. Actually, I think it was TikTok. It was a Packers fan who has put his phone down. He said he wanted to react to the pick. He's saying, Patrick Queen, Patrick Queen, Patrick Queen. And then they go, Jordan Love, and he goes nuts. Patrick Queen would have been an awesome fit for that Green Bay team. He's going to be an awesome fit in Baltimore because those teams love the blitz. They have good pass rushers. You put them next to Calais Campbell and uh, Matt Judon, who just gave the franchise tag, and you're just going to let Patrick Queen run around and do what he does best. Four, five speed. He was the leader that held a talented but inconsistent Tigers defense together this year. And, you know, is he going to be the next Ray Lewis? Probably not at all. But he is fast. He's what you want in an NFL linebacker today because he's 230 and can cover those flex tight ends. He can cover those slot receivers. And he's going to be a perfect fit in Wink Martindale's scheme. 
team anymore. And I think he's a guy who should have gone top 25 at least, if not top 20. And I think he's right up there with Kenneth Murray. I personally think he's a little better, even though I think Murray is an awesome player. I think Queen was a steal of a draft. And shout out Xavier McKinney of the Giants. Cortland, you already met. I mean, Dylan, you already mentioned him. Great player from Alabama. He can do it a little bit at all as well. Much needed for Giants defense. I think I was going to stick with Baltimore as well for J.K. Dobbins, a running back that they got in the second round. I think he's going to fit in well there. But I actually went with another player. I went with Isaiah Simmons from the Arizona Cardinals. He fell to him really at eight. A lot of people were saying he's going to get picked at four to the Giants. They decided to go offensive tackle with Andrew Thomas. They fell uh, to number eight with Arizona Cardinals. And, yes, another up-and-coming team like Miami. But I think he's, he's just so skilled. He's so athletic. He can play multiple positions. He's so versatile. And I think he's going to have a great fit there in Arizona, a team that's coming up. And, yes, they're in a tough division, the NFC West with 49ers and Seattle and the Rams, all decent teams that can really go 10 wins or above on any given year. I think uh, Isaiah Simmons is going to be a big part of that future there in AZ. Austin, let's go to you. Steal the draft. I'm going to go. I hate to say it. I feel like I'm just going to cry about this one, but it's CD Land of the Cowboys. I really do hate to say that. But this team, this Cowboys team is now so good. Probably Cowboys now have a top five in core along with Gallup and Cooper. And you get CD Lamb in there who is just so good with the Oklahoma Sooners. You loved him, Corlin. You were talking about him all draft. I, this receiver class was very weird this year. Obviously, the first receiver was Henry Ruggs. We didn't even expect him out of the Alabama guys. We expected Judy to go above his teammate. And obviously, offensively, just the whole first round didn't seem right. Obviously, the Giants chose Thomas as the tackle off the board. No one expected that. I hate him as a general manager, but I mean, as an owner, but still, he was so smart. Be, we knew. Eagles needed they needed a receiver and yes it was surprising they got a quarterback in the second round but that was smart along with the fact that Dak Prescott has still not signed yet with this team and we know that he wants a lot of money 40 million dollars and he's not going to get that but this is a little nudge here to the quarterback saying hey guess what I'm going to get you another great receiver to help you out and maybe you're going to sign and this team we talked about the Eagles but this Cowboys team is still right there it feels like they kind of choked it at the end of the year in the NFC East but they're, they are right there in this division, and this division. But still, they're going to be good and a great pickup in CD Lamb. Uh, we apologize for the technical issues, but Austin, that's a great point with CD Lamb. Cortland, we're going to move into another question now. Let's keep up with us now here, boys. But who had the best draft overall? Cortland. I'm going to have to say it's not a team here. The AFC East. Oh, Dylan, you'll touch it. You're, yeah, it's multiple teams here. I'm going to touch on it. Biggest reason, the New England Patriots. Everyone's like, oh, they have to get a quarterback, have to get a quarterback. And then we see Bill Belichick, him and his dog, pick up safety. Division two, who is this still, Kyle Duggar, still a phenomenal player. Set tons of record in Division two. First player to, uh, to the senior bowl from Division two. Picked up a linebacker out of Michigan, two tight ends. Everyone's like, what are they doing? They need a quarterback. Bill Belichick is calm he knows what he's doing i trust him fully i would love to get a player like jordan love i don't really don't know why we traded back for him but uh, to give him the packers but you know we'll we'll digress but dylan you'll talk about the dolphins but they had great draft picks but i think the whole afc east they have to pay the patriots twice and if they had a decent quarterback that you know that we knew they would have been concerned 
I mean, the Patriots is an interesting situation. You know, some people thought they had the worst draft. And I actually have a list of uh, players right here that they lost either in free agency or were traded. So let me read these down. Let's start with big boy Tom Brady. Then you go to Kyle Van Noy, who actually went to the Dolphins. Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Philip Dorsett, a wide receiver. We learned today that James Devlin, the fullback, retired. And then Stefan Gostowski, the kicker who had a bad year last year. They picked up another kicker this year from Marshall, who I'm not even going to try to say his name. It's way longer than Gostowski. But I think the uh, the uh, Patriots had a tough draft. You know, some people have been thinking that they're on the uh, the decline with Sidney quarterback. Cortland, you still believe that they are a very good team in that division. Austin, let's go to you, the winner of the draft. And this is unbelievable to say it, that a 14-2 and team last year can even be in the top five in winning the draft. And it's the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, this is ridiculous, the draft they had. You guys mentioned Patrick Queen and J.K. Dobbins as well. This will take pressure off of Lamar Jackson. How did the Ravens even have this close to great of a draft? Ian, I, we were FaceTiming uh, Friday night during rounds two and three, and we looked at the list of who the Ravens got, and I was like, how do they how do they do this? This is unreal. And yes, we mentioned it. It didn't go as we expected. Many names fell down. But the Ravens, a 14 and 2 team, they were pretty much all offensive minded with Lamar Jackson. Now they get J.K. Dobbins, who had a very good career at Ohio State, obviously overshadowed by the quarterbacks, Justin Fields, and the quarterbacks there under Urban Meyer's former system. But this team is still so good. I think they're still going to win the AFC North by far. It's an improved division, as we mentioned, with the Bengals and potentially the Steelers as well. Maybe they'll sneak into the playoffs. But they lost really just to one guy last year the whole year, and that was um, that was to the Titans and their running back, and that was really it. And, you know, they lost earlier in the year to the Browns, and everyone thought, oh, this team is this team's going to be in the dumps. But they played very, very well. One, I'm pretty sure the last, like, 12 games of the regular season, this team is going to be a favorite to win the AFC North and potentially the AFC. They should have a pretty clear path to the Super Bowl. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the way. Ian, let's go to you, the winner of the draft. All right, I'm going to try not to rant, but after hearing what you guys said, I might have to go full. Okay, first – a D2 safety and a Marshall kicker is not winning the draft. In We're two fine, Ian. We have Bill Belichick. Okay, Bill Mark Belichick. my words. Was Bill Belichick in the drafts? Was he a draft draftee? No. I love Bill Belichick. New England did not win the draft. Jets did a good job, though, though so that's an AFC's connection. I would say Minnesota was the winner of a draft just because they filled what they needed to fill. They got Justin Jefferson, who a lot of people thought was better than Jalen Rager, and they were able to nab him. Great fit next to Adam Thielen. And you got Jeff Gladney, another TCU guy, speaking of Rager, who's a very physical corner. He fits what Mike Zimmer wants to do. And then on day two, they get Ezra Cleveland. He's a small name, but in this loaded offensive tackle class, they got him out of Boise State. They need to protect Kirk Cousins no matter how good he is and get the most out of him. An NFC, an, an NFC North team that knows how to capture a Super Bowl window, unlike the Green Bay Packers, surround your quarterback with the weapons he needs. Now, Austin, your connection was kind of in the dumps, so I'm not sure if I heard you say you hated the Andrew Thomas pick or not, but I heard hate and I heard Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas, a two-time All-American against SEC talent, the best talent in college football. Those are pro pass rushers just going up every other week. Pro Football Focus loved this pick. Bleacher Report loved this pick. Most People agree that Andrew Thomas later in the draft was getting buzz as being the first tackle off the board, and he might not be the flashiest, but last time I checked, O-linemen don't need to be flashy. They need to protect Daniel Jones from fumbling 18 times. Andrew Thomas is going to do that. Xavier McKinney, 
Giants have a lot of holes on defense. He fills all of them, not all of them by himself, but he can play a lot of different roles. He played over 200 snaps in the box, in the slot, in single high safety, which means he can do it all and he can help fill the holes here and there. And I love that they got a UConn man. Shout out to athletes in Connecticut. Matt Pert is a six foot seven tackle out of UConn. And when you're six foot seven with 36 inch arms, the biggest in the combine, that means upside. And with day three picks, you have to get upside. So my Giants, I'm not on the team. I didn't say we, thank God. But the Giants did a good job. 4-1. Dave Gettleman's been a great drafter. He's made questionable moves. He's a weird guy with the media. There's no doubting that. He's a crazy guy. But when it comes to the draft, you've got to give credit. Dave Gettleman, this draft, did a great job. And somehow yeah. the Giants will still have six wins. Probably. I think you check your Wi-Fi, and I did not say I hate the move. I just said it was a little bit un- unexpected given the offensive tackles that were on the board. But the Upgrade Giants, your Wi-Fi, Austin. I give you credit, but I needed to defend Daniel Jones' new blindside protector. Get Nate Silder out of the building. Andrew Thomas, I'm a big fan of this pick. I can't hit on the Giants, Ian. Ian, when you said big offensive tackle for the Giants, the name that came to mind was Eric Flowers. Hopefully – Andrew Thomas is not Eric Flowers. I now, think a new jet tackle might be him, but I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Portland, let's go over to you with the Patriots, and then you predicted the Giants to get six wins. Remember, they had four last year. Let's not get uh, let's not get crazy, okay? They have a very tough schedule as well. The team that I thought won the draft, and no, I'm not going to pick the Jets here. I thought it was Miami. You know, I've been talking about them for about two, three days now, and I bet you guys are probably tired of me talking about the Dolphins. But Tua is such a good quarterback. They started their franchise now with him. Then they go to the offensive tackle market and pick one of them at pick 26, I believe. And then they got a defensive player as well. So they're covering all aspects of the game. And I really think that this team could make some move. The AFC East, let's run through the teams, okay? The Jets are not going anywhere this year, let's be honest. I think they get six wins other than the Giants. They're not getting six. The Jets will get six, seven wins. Hopefully Adam Gase gets fired. Anyways, I'll get into, into that later. The Dolphins, amazing team. Bills, Josh Allen's a question. You know, can he make the plays? Can he throw the ball? Very not my style of quarterback. And then you go to the Patriots who are moving into an era without Brady. And now you got Jared Siddham or maybe a pickup Andy Dalton at quarterback. And I don't think they can really compete now, especially with the losses on defense. They're not going to have such a great defense as last year, which helped me in fine, Dylan. We'll be fine. They got 25, 26 points every week. But I think the Dolphins can have a case here of definitely winning the division or maybe going to the wild card. You know, three wild cards this year, Ian. A lot of space for the Dolphins to move in to one of those spots. The Giants only have to beat Baltimore and Tampa Bay, Dylan. That schedule is not too hard. Are you kidding me? That's two losses by about 30 points. Uh, maybe 40, Dylan. Maybe 40. Bears. You got a tough division. Cowboys, Eagles. The Bears. The Bears had to win. Everything else is lost. It's, it's also Major the Giants. And the six, because you give both can score. Anyways, we're going to end off with our last topic, a topic that happened yesterday. Jameis Winston got signed, and he's going into New Orleans. Austin, give me your take. Well, we know Jameis Winston with his inconsistencies. I guess now we know why the Saints didn't get a quarterback. Obviously, they have Drew Brees, the guy who signed that deal, and we know he's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And they got Taysom Hill behind him, who many people think, I mean, including Shane, who we had on that draft night, who loves Taysom Hill. He's a freak athlete. But when Jameis Winston is good, 
he's a good quarterback, and I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of him, but when he's playing his best, which is obviously not all the time, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, first guy ever to do that, he has the potential to be a half-decent quarterback, a good quarterback for the future. So he's certainly had his high points. He's had his low points. If Taysom Hill isn't the guy in the next couple of years, then you have Jameis Winston. It's kind of like the move the Eagles made with Carson Wentz and now obviously Jalen Hurd. So in the future, it's kind of like this pick. So, hey, it's just another safety blanket. If everything goes wrong with the Saints the next couple of years, which I highly doubt will happen to Taysom Hill, he's going to be there. He knows the division very well. Obviously playing with the Buccaneers, he'll know how to beat the Panthers and the Falcons. So I certainly think that he can certainly – do something down the road if everything goes wrong. Corlin, what do you think of this pickup from New Orleans? Uh, I like it. Uh, James Winston will sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees. And Dylan, we saw it with you. When you learn how to see, it's incredible what you can do. So hopefully – can- you know, I gained some glasses, and then I started hitting 300. So uh, I went up about 200 percentage points from that, maybe lowered my K total. But definitely when you can see – Let's listen up, folks. When you can see, you can play sports better. Jameis Winston is probably going to have a better season now that, that he got laced to guy surgery. Yeah, Ian, now he's just going to – he, Corlin, keep going. Now Corlin. he's just going to – last thing, he's going to sit behind Drew Brees, and if they need, they can just go to Tyson Hill, so they're fine. Ian, what do you think of this pickup from New Orleans? In November of 2017, against the New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston gave a pregame speech for the ages when he put his hand up in a W and told his teammates to eat the W, and they lost. Now, he is a New Orleans Saint. It is fate. Look, this is an awesome fit for Jameis. This is probably the only place outside of maybe Pittsburgh where he will actually get better as a player. It doesn't start now, but he's going to be a better player when he leaves New Orleans. Even if he started games for them, if he's their franchise savior after Drew Brees or not, he will leave getting coached by the best offensive mind in football in Sean Payton, the best statistical quarterback of the last 10 years in Drew Brees. Not the best quarterback, but just pure numbers and how to throw the ball. I mean, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. He's going to leave a better quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater left, and now he's a starting quarterback again. Who knows? Maybe Brees goes down again. You put in Winston, maybe you trade him, extend him. Who cares? This is a great pickup for New Orleans. I think Winston, he made the most big throws in the league last year, had the most yards, had some of the most touchdowns. Sure, he had the 30 picks, but as we joke with the eye surgery thing, that's one thing. But, you know, Sean Payton is going to, I hope, be able to fix this guy. And as Cortland mentioned, you got Taysom Hill as your wild card. They picked up a guy named Tommy Stevens in the seventh round at Mississippi State. People are calling him the new Taysom Hill clone. So this is a loaded, loaded quarterback room. Quarterbacks equal currency in today's NFL. I love the pickup of Jameis Winston. Hopefully they fix him because I love him, and I hope he actually has a starting job in the future. And I'll wrap it up, boys, for this episode. I think Jameis Winston, when I saw the news, I thought long-term because we think of him sitting behind Drew Brees, and it's only a one-year deal, which kind of confused me. But this deal definitely makes me think that they don't think Taysom Hill can be a franchise quarterback, which I agree. He doesn't throw enough, and no one's really seen him sit back in the pocket and read defenses. He's more of a fast-moving, athletic kind of guy. I think he's going to sit behind Drew Brees, who really only has two years left on his contract. Let's say they win the Super Bowl this year. I'd say he retires, correct? So Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston could definitely be the Saints quarterback of the future. He's relatively young. He's been in the league for about five, six years. And I think they'll definitely extend him, especially if they see some, you know, reps in practice and training camp. Maybe he gets in a few games that they're blowing the other team out or a week 17 game that they already clinched their spot in the playoffs. 
I think that if they see that he's getting better, and it's a great risk. You know, we talked about uh, Melvin Gordon. Or, oh, another big uh, risk that an NFL team took was Todd Gurley. So he was hurt last year, and then Atlanta picked him up, and now they're going to see what he can do. I think the Saints make the same move here with Jameis Winston. They pick him up. They're going to see what he can do, and maybe he gets a big contract with the Saints, and he's the quarterback of the future for a team that has a loaded wide receiver class as well. Michael Thomas, and now they have Emmanuel Sanders. You know, Tommy Stevens sounds like a guy that you see in playoffs that the Saints just throw to. And like Tommy Lee Lewis, who heard of that guy before he caught a touchdown in playoffs? No one. They make guys stars over there in New Orleans. And I think it's a great fit for Jameis, not just this year, but maybe years in the future if they see some uh, improvements from him. Definitely. Well, guys, it's been a great episode. You know, we tune into our draft recap where we had loads of reactions. I mean, I talked for about an hour about that Jordan Love pick in Miami. Uh, I said Miami about 50 times during that stream, but it was a great time either way. Austin Platt, Ian Nicholas, Corlin Parrott, and I've been Dylan Pescatore. This is our NFL Draft Recap of Beyond the Whistle.